Welcome to Ono oh Ross and Carrie, the show where we don't just report on fringe science, spirituality, and claims of the paranormal, but take part ourselves. Yep, when they make the claims, we show up so you don't have to. I'm Carrie Poppy. And I'm Ross Blotcher. And today we have something new. <laughs> you may have heard our previous episodes about the Aetherius Society. Today we are joined by two members of the Aetherius Society. Not just members, Ross. Big time members. Big time members. Peter and Felix. <laughs> yes. Not their the real infamous. names. So on our show, we gave them the names Peter and Felix. Uh, we're going to introduce them with their uh, new names and also have them tell us a bit about what the Aetherius Society is. Their new names. Well, what the Aetherius Society like... really is. <laughs> okay. Ross. Right. Their true Fair names. Um, yes. And by their new names, Ross means that they have died and we are Jesus <laughs> and we are giving them new names. We mean none of that. <laughs> I misspoke. So Peter is Paul. Paul Nugent. Yep. That gives you a little insight into our naming process, I suppose. I think Oscar. And Felix is Oscar. I, I could see that. Yeah, so I could see it. Felix was good. So we'll get into a little bit of how it ended up that you're here with us today. But first, for people who didn't hear the other two episodes or who maybe heard it and got the totally wrong impression, what is the Ethereum Society? Uh, what is the Ethereum the Society? Well, w- we will go into that. And I like the fact that this is this is informal. And I particularly like the fact that you have been open and uh, willing and to the extent of inviting us to come onto your program to help clarify a little bit more about the Ethereum Society because we felt that um, certain things had definitely been very misunderstood, to which extent I was just saying uh, to Oscar on the way over here, now we need to evaluate evaluate these guys on a scale of 1 to 10 in terms of investigation. Now, Sherlock Holmes on a scale of 1 to 10, now he gets a 10. Sherlock Holmes, Hercule Poirot, they're a 10. So at the other end of the scale, where would you put Ross and Carrie for for investigation? Because we really don't think that um, you investigated the, the Aetherius Society terribly well. You did it in a certain way. And I think that you came in with sort of preconceived and one might even say prejudiced ideas. And so that is really what we want to sort of put straight. We, as you've conveyed very, very nicely yourselves, we liked you, you know, so it was, um, it was somewhat of a shame and a, and a little bit of a shock and sad to uh, having found ourselves sort of portrayed or the Ethereum Society portrayed in the way that it was, particularly the first episode, mm. um, which literally was um, was recorded the the evening before you came up with us on Mount Baldy. You rode in the car with Oscar and um, my girlfriend Kelly, right? Who you, was Katie? I think it was. I think yeah. you're right. Yeah, yeah. So you know, it just was. It was. Um, it was a curveball. I will confess. I mean, you know, but even more so, sort of being allowed to call myself Peter and being fully sort of open in full discussion. When you both signed up to join as friends of the Ethereum Society, you gave us your email address. I won't give your email address, but uh, Ross, <laughs> but you know anybody, your email address leaves itself open to to go online and look see. us up. Yeah, exactly. So to that extent, I mean, this is back in in March when you 
I think this was after you went to the um, Who is the Cosmic Jesus yes. uh-huh. uh, event. So, you know, I went on and I could see clearly, okay, th- this is who these guys are. But oh. So I did actually, I was aware of, of your blog, uh, et cetera, the, this, this program. And yeah, and you, you told that he shared it with me and I, and I saw it and I was aware of it too. I didn't have the, um, I guess, the expectation that you were going to do a podcast on us. I was open to it. I was aware that it very well could happen. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if it did. But I was open to the fact that it wouldn't happen and you guys were just sincerely trying to check it out. So, you know, I was like, okay, it's a factor. They got a podcast series. They may do something on us, maybe not. But I just kind of went with it. Okay. Likewise. I mean, we, you know, we were ourselves. And, and um, uh, as I said to you subsequently, I mean, are we sort of to be – skeptical and, and nervous about people who walk through the door of the Ethereum Society. Absolutely not. We, we'll welcome everybody. Everybody's free to come. Everybody's free to have the kind of reaction which you had. But obviously, there are people who do come to the Ethereum Society who are, I would say, genuinely curious about mm. what we're about. We're always happy to explain ourselves in the best possible way that we can. So I think it can both be true, right, that we can genuinely be there because we're curious mm-hmm. and that we're doing a well, show. Well, yeah, right? I mean, because you did choose us out of the, you know, gajillion other things you could have investigated. No, but I know. think that we were ripe fruit. I mean, you know, the Ethereum <laughs> study for these guys, this is just a plum hanging, you know, I'll, waiting I'll to be this. plucked and sucked this. and as much juice as we can get out of this I, plum as we possibly can. I get that, but yeah. I can say honestly, this isn't yeah. the case for Ross, but for me, I didn't know who you guys were. Like, I came yeah. not knowing anything. You I did came to the esoteric... Um, yeah, uh, with Atlas Obscura. Right. Yeah. I, I really didn't know. And I really was just curious and yes we are curious in these things so that was part of the equation but i can genuinely say i came because i thought it was interesting and yeah I reported about on all i knew was that there was something to do with ufos and right. and i'd heard the name george king right. at that point so we really did go in something of a blank slate uh-huh. Yeah. But certainly we do come with a worldview, of course. We, we're not devoid sure, of that. Everyone and, does. And, and we're going to be looking for uh, consistency with other things we know through scientific findings. So certainly that's going to be what we judge any claims we hear uh, yeah, w- in relation to. Right. And I think that the divide that you stand on and the people who – I won't say who you represent but who, who, who sort of vibe with, with where you're coming from uh, as opposed to where Oscar and I are – and obviously all of us in the Ethereum Society and, and many, many other people. What, one thing that you, you comment you said in the, in the first podcast, referring to the galaxy, because we in the Ethereum Society, through the 12 blessings, regard the, the, the galaxy literally as a living being. And mm-hmm. I think, that, you know, Ross, you said, well, they, yeah, they regard everything as a living, you know, as a living being. And that really is... Um, is a crossroads, I think, for science and, and dare I say, metaphysics, of where we are in our whole culture right now, which is one of consciousness, Mm -hmm. because we do regard consciousness literally as being in absolutely everything and uh, in varying degrees. And so something like the galaxy, the galaxy uh, has, has a consciousness really way beyond our comprehension. But we do consider it is our, uh, um, f- you know, fully held belief that everything is living. Everything has this consciousness, and I think that that 
correct me if obviously if I'm wrong, but from your perspective, and very, obviously very sort of what we would term probably a material or orthodox scientific point of view, is not the case. You, it's very difficult for you to regard probably the Earth, the Sun, and the galaxy as actually having feeling, sensitivity, mind, uh, and to that extent consciousness. Well, certainly that's not outside the realm of possibility. You just have to describe the terms of how that exists, where that resides, mm. how it takes form and expresses itself. And those are, those are scientific questions. I don't find that difficult to grasp or to imagine. And actually, when I was a child, my mom loves to tell the story. When I was a child, I always, I thought everything had a spirit. And I would tell her not to slam down chairs and not to throw out my stuffed animals would make me cry because I really believed they had souls and things. So that's not hard for me to imagine. And actually, it gives me sort of a deep sadness to think of it because we already have so many conscious members of this galaxy, if you will, who suffer, that the thought that Wood suffers as well mm -hmm. is, is quite troubling to me. So if someone says that, I want to know how, how you know that, because that's quite a claim to add all these members to the team of those who can suffer. Yeah. Well, uh, do you want to have a stab at that one? Yeah. It, it kind of touches upon some of the, I guess, scientific paths that weren't or have not been yet so explored by the shall we say, orthodox mainstream science. Now, just to kind of be clear, I know certainly for me and for Paul, and I think for a lot of people in the Ethereum Society, we don't debunk science in and of itself, and we don't say that we shouldn't be scientific. In fact, I'm pretty certain that our, our, our master, Dr. George King, was quite the opposite. He said, be scientific in your investigations, in your spiritual practices, in your prayers. Uh, in fact, in everything you do, everything is a science, even love is a science. But as I was saying, there are certain fields of science that have not yet been explored by the West, shall we say, just to be, you know, kind of generic. And this is what kind of um, I wanted to refer to maybe later or a bit here now is a science developed by ancient people, you know, ancient beings uh, from the East. Yoga, this is where yoga comes from. Um, and even that which came before yoga, the system of yoga was developed. It was a science that was not so much developed with the external senses, your external five senses, but more so the internal senses. These were beings who saw the outside world, and for some reason or another, they wanted to learn why and how. They wanted to understand life in its totality. There were certain questions that just were not answered. And they went in a direction that orthodox science has not yet gone, which is within studying the mind, studying consciousness, using their own mind and consciousness as the instrument itself to study the mind, using the mind to study the mind and consciousness. And this was a process that re was repeated over centuries and centuries scientifically. It was experienced not by one yoga master or one disciple or even one school of thought. It was something that was carried on over years and centuries and established as a scientific means of knowing. And, and this is what in, uh, is referred to as a science of yoga. And uh, we'll get into that, that yoga aspect of, uh, a little bit more later. But it's, it's this science of the inner world, shall we say, that allowed these ancient ones to learn about things like the structure of an atom centuries before the microscope was invented, to learn about things like gravity, uh, the revolution of, uh, of planets centuries before the telescope was invented. And if you go back to some of these ancient manuscripts 
and they're there, you know, and there is research conferring this, that you will see that these centuries, if not, certainly, I think they're dating them to at least two, 3,000 years old. It's confirming that, yes, even then, they knew about atoms and galaxies and, and things of that matter, that only today, in relatively recent years, are being confirmed by scientists with their microscopes and telescopes. So what did that look like? What, how was the atom described at that point? It was described in the way that uh, it would be described in, in a science book today. You know, uh, uh, a nucleus, you know, uh, a certain particles charged with a negative, a negative uh, charge rotating around this nucleus. Um, even the size, the relative size of an atom was described which is pretty spot on to what the size so, and weight. But you said like over 2,000 years ago. So before Jesus, there are documents this that, is say, w- way that before. say the words nucleus. No, no. Well, they, they, it would refer, they had, you know, it was all Sanskrit sure. know, and even okay. before that. So they used terms that uh, we would translate as a nucleus or a proton or an electron or orbiting, hmm. you know, but they used more, uh, in their language terms that, uh, symbolize the same thing. Also, describing um, weight and size. Again, analogy. They would use, for example, the weight of the fingernail, mm-hmm. and they would divide that by a certain factor and say that that is this particular weight of this particular well, I can certainly um, pa- believe particle. Um, you know, yeah. And and it was spot on. You know, it, it was spot on. Same thing with with galaxies and, and the larger systems of life. You've opened a lot of doors here, and I. Just to respond to a few points, I think both Carrie and I would heartily agree that there's a lot to be learned from introspection and looking inside and and using the sense of awareness. And in addition to that, what about using intuition? I mean, how do, where does that fall into your sort of philosophy? There's a lot of popular writing on that just in terms of our intuition giving us these kind of quick answers that are often very reliable. Sometimes not. Sometimes mm-hmm. intuition can mislead us. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have – you maybe have heard of Daniel Kahneman's you know, thinking fast and slow. Uh, I recommend that. It's kind of a good treatment of how we have sort of a a quick brain and a slow brain, a more Mm. rational brain that Mm -hmm. takes a little Mm -hmm. while longer to process and a a more intuitional one that will give us uh, rapid responses Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. they can be trained. You've heard Mm -hmm. the 10,000 hours hypothesis, you know, if someone is really good at what they do. And and that's along similar lines to what yoga has done and what they have done in the science. As you're saying, you can train the brain in a certain way because that uh, an intuition, that ability of intuiting things, like a mother's intuition, uh, for most people, it's something that sometimes we're on, sometimes we're off, sometimes mm-hmm. we have a feeling, a gut feeling, uh, which may or may not be right. Um, and sometimes it is right, and it kind of blows our mind, and we're like, well, that was weird, but pretty cool. Um, but that is an ability, you know, that, that can be trained. Sure. And that is where yoga uh, came into play developing these finer senses, these finer aspects of the brain and of the mind and of consciousness, of feeling that, why do I have this feeling that everything has life? Well, let me kind of go within and examine that. And let me repeat that Mm -hmm. again, again, over hours and hours and hours. And let me have other people repeat it again, again, in hours and hours. Sure. And And everything is interrelated. Which is, you know, one of the things we do in the Aetherius Society that you participated in is where prayer comes into play. Everything is related. That energy, that vibration and that feeling that one puts out in prayer uh, when one directs it to a specific target can be picked up through the mind belt in the oneness 
of everything. I think what you're saying is that by listening to my intuition, I can get the sort of deeper knowledge mm -hmm. that sort of isn't touched necessarily by science. But then I also hear you saying we have these intuitions that are sometimes confirmed, and I would agree with that. But the way I confirm those intuitions is by comparing them to the actual world as it exists around me, right? So if I Correct. if I intuit that, oh, I feel really unsafe walking into that house, yeah, and then I walk into it, and there's a man there I don't know who comes at me with a knife, okay, great, my intuition was right. But that's because I've actually experienced something in the real world that confirmation with, with, the, with the knife correct correct so if you talk about the whole world having a spirit and i did have that intuition when i was a child why did i not stick with that intuition i think it's because i i don't see any confirmation and in fact i do feel outside confirmation that that was sort of a manifestation of the anxiety i later realized that i naturally have and that my mother has and that's very strong in my family and that that was a more natural and more reasonable explanation for that feeling i was thinking along similar lines paul you were saying how all of this is connected and kind of a related idea is that truth cannot contradict truth so mm -hmm. so we need that kind of verification of that internal introspection with the external. Absolutely. And what you said was really interesting, Oscar, about the atomic structure, and I'd be really interested and that, uh, to and see more about that. And, and interestingly enough, just to, just to cut in there, um, I studied math at, at UC Santa Cruz. I got my degree in math. Yeah, and Santa Cruz. Yeah, that's right. Go slugs. I was doing one of my, uh, my theses. I was preparing for my thesis for, for a math degree, and I wanted to do uh, sacred geometry. But uh, my professor didn't feel there was a lot to substantiate that. So I actually went into the history of the numerals. And everybody thinks the numerals came from... Um, Arabic. Right. But they didn't. They actually came before that from ancient India. And so that's when I started reading us about some of these ancient manuscripts that, that developed this fascinating mathematical system well, relating to uh, atomic particles and, and astral particles way back, like, million, like thousands and thousands of years ago. So it's actually through studying math that I found some, you know, some of this information out there um, relating to that. So okay. just to cut in. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was just going to say about something like the atomic structure, that information, even if it was posited so long ago, didn't become useful until we had kind of that external verification of it and could then uh, apply it towards Useful perhaps to a certain part of the world. But to them, they were still able to make sense of life. Uh, they were still able to lead healthy lives. Well, you can um, do all that without understanding, you know, how well, an atom works. Oh, well, absolutely. But I don't understand how an atom works. But what I have studied as far as the, the yoga goes, one of the reasons for them to try and understand atoms or the galaxies is because they were out to understand all of life mm -hmm. and every aspect of life. Because you come to a realization that the more you understand life, the more you can be a part of life and be connected to life and develop your higher aspects to continue from that to be able to love better, to be able to serve better and help other people who are suffering because of a lack of knowledge. So this... Well, it, hold on, Oscar. I'm going to stop you there because I think that the love arises out of the awareness. Absolutely. And I think that the service arises out of the love. A absolutely, absolutely. And, and this is ta taught in one of the uh, teachings, Nine Freedoms. I know we didn't get a chance to go into that too much. During right, you explained it. They, they, they did mention it. They did mention it. Yeah, you, you um, explained but, it to but, us a bit but, in but, the car. Yeah, and, and, and I'm going to just, I'm going to butt in here because we, we've got stuff to cover. And But don't let me interrupt you. Hold that thought, in other words, Oscar. Uh, one thing you said was that like the stuff in our books are like 75 
75 bucks. No, you're looking at the expensive stuff at 75 <laughs> okay, bucks. Okay, okay. You know, we really are, the, the, as you gave us on that scale of being expensive, we're, we're, we're low down. Well, I mean, just to, uh, uh, CDs on that, ma- that, that, that CD, That CD that you're referring to, Ross, was that mantra CD, and that was actually, we sell that for $25, and that has all the mantras that we use. But if you want to just get two mantras, we have a CD that's $12.50, which has two mantras, or if you're really out of change, you can go to one of our free mantra classes for Operation Per Power, where you get four mantras, you can participate in Operation Per Power, and there's no charge. That's awesome. Yeah. Like, 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 we ask, request <laughs> 10 bucks, but we'll you know, you know. It's, it's donation. You know? yeah. well, it's, it's I donation. think we said, and correct yeah, me if I'm wrong because sometimes I do you forget, did. but I think we said that it's clear that no one here is trying to make money. Yeah, but, I, no, I hope yeah. it came across. We're making it clear this is yeah, not a yeah, money-making did, but, operation. But, you know, it's, even, it's, it's 75 bucks. That's like, you know, that's getting a whole album mentioning the, the Nine Freedoms. I'm glad um, you cleared that up. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I'm glad. I needed to clear that one up. And, and you guys do have operating costs, no doubt. And coming back to Mantra, because this is another thing that uh, you guys were unclear about, the old saying, we don't make the rules of mantra. Our understanding of mantra, man- mantra when properly understood, mantra mantra is not properly understood. Mm. For me, there were two key, key moments, certainly that Ross had in, in his whole experience with the Ethereum Society, and you carry as well. But for Ross, when he was on the mountain at the apex of the triangle when we were doing mantra, and he felt mm. something, mm-hmm. and, and you said you were kind of getting giddy when you were doing mantra in Operation Prayer Power. Yeah. Uh, mantra is incredibly powerful. Uh, and the, the, let me say, sort of, in, certainly in inverted commas, ancient lore of mantra. And what well, mantra itself is, is ancient. It isn't something that we invented. It's in, a science. It's, it's mantra not something is, that is a very exact just science. sprung up in the past century. It's something that the Buddhist tradition, Hindu tradition, even traditions that predate those were using for, for millennia, millennia. So there's a definite science to it. Again, applying certain things in the field and observing results. And again, t- taking it into their own minds, getting maybe the more intuitions, going back out into the field, applying, getting results, and then et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, as science goes. Sounds like science. Mantra can take you to a very, perhaps I should say again in, in uh, inverted commas, very elevated state of consciousness. Therefore, can also be abused. And so the, mm. the, the rule that we adopt in the Ethereum Society with regard to mantra, and it's not our rule, it's an ancient rule, is that a mantra can only be given to someone by someone within whom that mantra is said to live. live. Right. right, exactly. And for none of us in the Ethereum Society do we claim or believe that mantra yet lives. You have to recite it literally for hundreds of thousands, perhaps even millions of times, um, which ties in with, of course, our founder, George, George King, King, Dr. George King, Sir, Sir George, George King, King. <laughs> um, all apply, who literally did, over a 10-year period, spend up to eight hours a day doing various forms of yoga. Yoga, to clarify that, yoga is a Sanskrit word. It means union, as in oneness with God, as in all that there is. Uh, it's more than just having a mat to do postures and asanas. And I know we weren't allowed to bring ours in. Right. No, and, you uh, weren't. No, you weren't. <laughs> and certainly uh, that that uh, schedule puts him over the 10,000 hours. <laughs> yes, so yes I'm it does. You. Absolutely. And so it was that, because this is another thing that one of the main things that needs to be clarified, 
is his whole receiving of the command. Yes, it wasn't great. spoken through his voice. Right. Yes, I believe I, I realized, said this to you. Well done, Carrie. <laughs> well done, Carrie. You realized after we recorded the yeah, show that we were yeah, wrong about that. So set yeah. us straight. Right. Well, this is someone who had done way over the 10,000 hours of yogic practice. Mm -hmm. You guys did uh, 20 minutes prep, you felt something. For me, very occasionally, I do two hours of, of yogic practice. Mm. Uh, I know that it's more than double of doing one hour. You put yourself into an altered state, but two hours, I've never done, I've never done eight hours. I, can, I cannot really begin to sort of comprehend that. What, We're on what a that would be logarithmic like. scale here. We're on a logarithmic scale, absolutely, exponential. So to do that over, 10 year, over uh, the better part of 10 years, he literally entered the sort of much higher states of consciousness that are available to each and every one of us. And, it and this was, is along the yogic path, you know, this, this path that was scientifically developed over millennia again. So this is, it's not something that he just invented. He was actually following certain practices um, that he taught that came along this lineage of yoga. Well, when you say scientific, I, I can see that obviously these were according to law, according to 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 law. I mean, science that follows can be test, law. That can be tested and tried, right? Okay. Something that can be tested and tried. Well, applied. so that would be the opposite of intuition, right? Well, not necessarily, because you you can test and apply your intuition. Absolutely, right? But and, then and, it and no longer becomes intuition. It becomes it, something that's been confirmed. Once well, that even in, someone who that's why intuition intuition is really just a term that we use because we don't know what that part of the brain a scientific is. Law. It, you know, it, intuition it's a, is a scientific. It's, it's a, a scientific law that rules. requires certain development. And if you test it and it's correct, then you actually just confirm to yourself that this impression you received more better said, uh, you were you received it correctly. You translated mm -hmm. it correctly in your brain, yeah, uh, which then enabled you to act in a certain way, which was correct. And this can be repeated. One of the ways to develop intuition is to follow that little voice. And again, I intuition is just a very vague term of describing a higher aspect of the mind, which kn uh, has a sense of perhaps knowing a little more than what the five senses are currently telling you well, in instant time. A lot of people have developed intuitions, but they disagree with one another. They're mutually exclusive. And we find different religious traditions that have different uh, beliefs, propositions that just aren't compatible. So how do we reconcile those differences? It seems we have to find that verification, validation against the outside there, world. There, there are varying degrees of intuition and a developed intuition. Just because uh, a Christian has a bit of intuitive abilities and maybe his fellow Muslim brother has a bit of intuitive abilities, claim different things, it doesn't mean, well, intuition is bunk. It's just saying okay, there isn't a common underlying understanding, a, a common truth that holds these two concepts together. How can Jesus be the one and only Son of God and Allah be the, the Savior, you know, and, and, and the chosen one for them? Mm -hmm. So know? one of those people is going to be more right than the other. There is an underlying understanding that encompasses both of those approaches. Mm -hmm. There is a bit of truth in what the Christian says and a bit of truth in what the Muslims say. Likewise with the Hindu and the Orthodox Buddhists, likewise with the scientists. There is a lot of truth to, to what scientists say, but scientists will admit there's a lot lacking. Yeah. The thing with yoga, yeah. you can develop it and you have varying degrees of 
I guess you could say adeptship or mastership, just like in a university, you have varying degrees of, of a professor. Mm-hmm. And so one person's intuition will be developed to a certain degree, whereas another one who's been in university for 20-odd years will have another degree of intuition. Now, how do you know who to believe? Mm-hmm. Right? That's right. a question. You know, it comes back to the individual. At the end of the day, we're not asking you to believe we believe. And we don't ask the world to believe what we claim is truth to us. Mm-hmm. We've come here because our own personal intuition drew us here and has kept us here. So I'm certainly speaking for myself. But I don't claim that you're going to have the same intuition and this is going to be the right path for you. But I say, well... I don't think it is, Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> not, not, not on past performance. Don't give up on us. Exper- no, we haven't. That's why we're here, right? That, that is a fair question, is how do you know who to believe? And I think this is a question that a big chunk of the world is asking. Who do we know who to believe as far as but, religions? Right. Because it, it can be a, a dangerous thing. And that's why at the end of the day, what's most important, and, and I think this is a very universal truth, we don't hurt each other. Mm-hmm. We try and help each other and be at peace. You know? Tolerant. And, and, and tolerant and respectful and kind and compassionate. And, and, and all these great things that are pretty universal as far as what we we believe is hold to be true. As the Bible would say, against such things there are no laws. We're all going trying to achieve some kind of height, whether it's a height in the scientific path of knowing, or a height in the religious uh, path or the Christian path of enlightenment, or call it what you want. But we're all trying to go up some mountain, uh, becoming greater human beings in whatever path we choose i think we can all agree to that to you know whether you're a scientist or, well, or religious people in this room i don't want to speak for the whole world even if you're <laughs> e- even if you're an atheist i mean i don't unless you're a, a complete um, you know a sadistic pretty you know demonic person you're achieving towards something and even them and maybe in their mind they're achieving something with with their ways listen my old boss He's oh, no. a terrible, but pu- no, we all need to talk about my old boss. Terrible person, not trying to do any of those things. But everyone else, yes, you're correct. There are sure. sociopaths, but it, but I think deep down inside your boss and, and other people, there is a yearning to become better. Maybe, but I genuinely you know, think there are people with brain maps that don't allow them to have empathy, and they just for certain just reasons, and and there's a reason for that, and and we, we, and we can go into karma and reincarnation later. But by and large, I think at least for all of us here, and maybe a lot of the world, we're striving towards something to become better mm-hmm. at something whatever sure. it is we're trekking up the mountain whatever your mountain is there are many paths up the mountain right and when we're trying to find our, our own path our own trail you know and there's so many trails and who who do you believe you know who has a truth at the end of the day it's your path and it's your experience uh there can be pointers guides Perhaps people giving you a little roadmap and say, well, if you go that way, it's kind of like this. If you go this way, it's kind of like this. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's your choice and your decision. So who are you going to believe? You know, this professor or that professor? Well, at the end of the day, you have to walk your path. You have to make a decision, whether it's because of intuition, whether it's because of scientific uh, information you've gathered. But it's your decision to walk it's, up that path. It's a fitting metaphor, especially with our uh, pilgrimage <laughs> up Mount Baldy. But I would just say I think maybe our departure here is between graceful living philosophy mm-hmm. and objective reality about the world, which I, I think there is. 
I think we can arrive at. And, what do you mean? I'm afraid we're going to get too esoteric for too long <laughs> when, you know, we're 40 minutes in. You want us to but, clarify some stuff then? Yeah, I mean, I would love to hear, especially starting with George King, because to us, and, you know... It I was mean, a voice. Uh, he well, heard wait, 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 an Let external voice. <laughs> Let me finish one question. Okay, so, you know, you're talking about intuition, and you're also talking about facts, and we talked for a while about intuition now, and I just want to hear... What the facts are that we that we miss, because to us, we learned sure. that this guy uh, claimed to have a lot of accolades that we couldn't find the evidence of. Maybe they're out there. Mm-hmm. And that we're sort of being asked to accept his account because he was a great yogi master. Mm-hmm. Is that all there is to it? So coming back, here he was, came out of the Second World War, conscientious objector, but nonetheless served uh, in, the, in London's fire service, uh, section leader during the Blitz, saw absolute horrors of mankind, uh, had a very deep effect up upon him. I should probably say there in the very brief amount of time we have that he was already, and I know we're entering into sort of dodgy territory here by saying he was already very psychically gifted. Okay. Clairvoyance, clairaudience, things of that nature. That was Probably part of his done. upbringing. Yes, it was. Absolutely. Um, his mother had the ability, as his grandmother. Yeah. Kind of around the family. Anyway, he had enough midi This is when he turned, sometime in the, during the Second World War, maybe just afterwards, he began to study with great intensity some of these ancient yogic practices that, that Oscar was just talking about, specifically uh, the repetition of mantra and what you experienced, Carrie, pranayama, a.k.a. yoga breathing. Snotty yoga breathing. Well, probably in his case. Uh, <laughs> we got to get to that. I, I haven't been we'll, there. We'll, I get mean, to that. Uh, we'll get there. We'll yeah, get there. Maybe. <laughs> and it brought about a heightened consciousness such that it, it, what, what it brought about is what uh, is a rise in a force that we, well, not, I mean, that we understand everybody has uh, in the base of the spine called the Kundalini, right. another Sanskrit word, that he was able to, to cause to rise through a channel, a very thin channel in the spine called the Sushumna channel, again, using Sanskrit terminology, going through chakras, the psychic centers, the gut feeling, the solar plexus, the heart center, heart chakra, throat center, uh, Christ center, ultimately right up into the crown chakra. I don't know their Sanskrit names. I'm sure Oscar does. W- enabling him to go into a state of, a very deep state of meditation known again, to give it its Sanskrit word, of samadhi. Now this is this is nothing new. This is ancient lineage. And it was with that ability that he, that took tremendous amount, way more than the 10,000 hours, that he was enabled to, to, to bring about that condition. Uh, and this, as I say, this was in the height of the Cold War when flying saucers were being very commonly seen. Mm-hmm. It, was the, it was the time of flying saucers, when the, when, when the term was, was coined, in point of fact. And, um, and when we were on the brink of, well, it was the Cold War, we'd already, the anniversary today, uh, 69th anniversary of the dropping of the, of the atom bomb over Hiroshima, That's right. August the 6th, when the world was in great peril. Coming back to everything being living, including the Earth, including the solar system and, and beyond, he was contacted. He was contacted by, as you covered to, to some extent in, in, your, in your podcasts, by extraterrestrial intelligences, albeit operating from a different 
level of frequency? Level of frequency, <laughs> operating from a vibrational frequency? level of <laughs> vibrational frequency. Not Our understanding, again, is there are many different levels of vibrational frequency, not just this physical plane, which and even physics. E- and even science admits that, you know, the human eye can only see so much of a wavelength, can only hear so much of, of the, the, the spectrum of sound, and sure. likewise can only feel a certain frequency of, of matter, shall we say. So what exists beyond that range. Surely much. And, and yeah. so, Surely and so, much. And so, so that's we, what we have so this is where the extraterrestrial those. element comes into the ethereal yeah. system. Right. He was contacted by extraterrestrial intelligences. Now, where the Aetherius Society has perhaps traditionally been a little bit at odds with the UFO crowd is that the, the UFO crowd tend to sort of look at this in, a, in what we term a sort of nuts and bolts kind of way, whereas in the Aetherius Society we look at it more in a spiritual way, in a, in a more evolved uh, way, if you like. These, these, these are intelligences, as, as, as you went into, I mean, we do regard that Jesus did come from a higher level of frequency, a higher level of vibration, uh, as did the Lord Buddha, as more evolved souls who came at sp- specific times to help, if you like, teach, enlighten, guide humanity. And Dr. King, George King, was contacted. He would go into this elevated state of what we call a positive yogic somatic trance so that they could speak through him, giving essentially, a, well, both very necessary, but again, uh, theory society understanding, very profound spiritual message, which constitutes our valuable, in that sense, occult library um, that, 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 that you touched about, and the microphones, and they're not 75,000 bucks, but we, I mean, oh, the, the time. Oh, that's what someone said. Yeah, and it was probably me, and I can't remember the exact price, but I do know that when we found out what we what we had, what are the name of uh, the, the equipment? Telefunken. Apparently, Telefunken, apparently like and, uh, I wouldn't stake my life on it, but I, what I believe is that Bill Gates was actually, at the time, this is probably 10, 15 years ago, was looking for some of these microphones oh. because they were supposedly very, very good I'm ones. I'm sure he was good for it. Yeah, I'm sure he was good for it. <laughs> but, but, it but it wasn't that kind. It, they weren't so, if they were 75,000 bucks, I mean probably, probably, probably would have sold them. Oh, um, but we, yeah, that's, that's our occult library. George King in a very elevated state of consciousness, somatic trance with intelligences from higher uh, realms of, of vibration who communicated to him because the human race was at, again, this is our understanding, it's not unique to the Aetherius Society at all, was at the same critical juncture of destroying our civilization, which we right. believe we did. Mm-hmm. You mentioned it, well, even on this earth, Atlantis, before that, Lemuria. But previously to that, the planet, as Ross described, of of Maldek, that um, you were right. It was Maldek. Yeah. And this is this isn't just us. And this is metaphysical. Uh, oh, you've opened up so many questions. I One thing. <laughs> yeah, one yeah, thing yeah. I want to know: Where did we originally come from? Then did we evolve uh, on Maldek? Wait, That's wait. A very good question. I That's never a great heard the question. answer to my question. So, mm. so hang on. Um, yeah, what Ross, I want to know is who is George King? 
why should I believe him? Because I don't. Well, that's my, a great question. Okay, hang right, on. Hang on. Hang on. Smoking the least. Let me finish. That's a very necessary okay, question. Because yeah. because I feel like you guys think that uh, the reason we don't believe is because we think this is impossible. We don't mm. think it's no, impossible. No, you gave it a half out of ten. So okay. it, it, it is possible. No, it's absolutely <laughs> possible. And I and I I fully agree that there are things that we can't perceive. No question. In fact, almost all of reality. And we things can't which perceive. we can't measure with our instruments. That's yes. That's absolutely true and was true thousands of years ago before the instruments that were developed today were developed, right? So that has to be true. But just because something is possible doesn't make it true, right? So that this one person said this thing that to me sounds unlikely. I need a good reason to believe that person. So why should I believe George King in particular? We're not asking you to believe George King. Why do you believe it? That's the thing. I walked up this path up the mountain and I'm not saying, hey, Carrie, come follow me. You should come follow me. If you want to come, if you're interested and maybe this path seems like it's the path you want to go, all right, let's check it out. Oh, well, but, sure. but right, but right from the get-go, we don't, we don't ask you to believe what George King um, says, claims. Uh, we don't ask you to believe that he received all these cosmic awards from cosmic beings or that he had all these accolades that, that mean anything. We don't ask you to believe that cosmic masters exist and have spoken through him. But we uh, assume we that a- you have reasons to believe this. Sure, and we want to know sure, yeah. sure. But, 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 but you said, why should I believe I, meaning Carrie? That's just not part of the question because, again, we're not asking you to believe. Well, I'm not saying convince me to. I'm saying if that's the truth, then I want to know it and believe it. So what makes that true? If it's something that you want to investigate, like with anything else, you know, it, it takes time, effort, and sincerity, and thorough investigation. It would require a bit of perhaps study of yoga in its truest science, uh, scientific form, uh, practice, and just your own gut feeling. You know, people will come to the side and not because they get all these claims and be like, whoa, 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 why should I believe this? Well, you know, it's, it's something that kind of draws them to there, whether it's the UFOs, whether it's the cosmic masters, uh, whether it's the aspect of service, of giving to the Mother Earth. Uh, you, yeah, you mentioned that, you know, it was an interesting story how I came to the society, and it was very interesting. And there was a lot of interesting uh, a series of events that, that came before that, that led to that uh, incident at that uh, party that I that I went to even when that first person and just to to clarify to repeat the story again this lady in the, in the middle of the night middle of the party I was standing by myself youngest guy there you know she comes up to me looks me straight in the eye and uh, with very warmness and sincerity she looked in, into my eye and said you're looking for a master aren't you mm-hmm. like she intuited something you know but it was very warm and kind and, and uh, with all sincerity and, and, and absolute fact I was you know, because as I mentioned, I was dabbling in different traditions, different practices, different philosophies. But I felt like, A, I really wanted to help the world, mm-hmm. you know. And, and so, B, I felt like to be most effective in helping the world, I should dedicate my time and energy to one path. But I wasn't kind of just going to be like, all right, I'm just going to take the next thing that kind of comes to the door. Even after I first met that person that night, it took me about a year and a half later for me to take the next step with the Ethereum Society. I bought a couple tapes, I, I checked out the website, and I sat on it. I investigated it. I was still reading other things and checking other things out. But there was an inner calling that drew me to make that next step and visit the society. As far as the whole UFO aspect, that was something that I intuitively felt since I was like growing up as a little kid. So when I read that in the Theory Society, for me it was like, well, yeah, duh. 
But there's so much, shall we say, crap out there with regards to life on other planets, UFOs, and this and that, and a lot of dangerous stuff, especially what happened with those Kool-Aid drinkers. You know, that's why I was kind of hesitant. So how do you know that stuff's crap if it's not the outside world? I was going to say, there could be elements of truth there. There could definitely be elements of truth there. But if for something to lead somebody to commit suicide, which in, our, in, my, in my understanding is a negative thing, and again, this is my opinion that is crap. Whatever organization out there claiming these things, whether the Raelian or Scientology, whatever, they have their right to follow their path. They have their right to, to, to do what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, I have no ill feelings towards them. Uh, but if somebody asks me my opinion, then I'll give, give it to them honestly, just like I gave it to you well, when right. you asked so me about clarify, the, the Raelians. All we're asking for is your opinion. I mean, so right. what makes you believe George King and not Rael? What, what is it sure. that makes um, him a more valid source uh, of information? You know, okay, um, very fair. Uh, my upbringing as a Catholic, uh, my experience uh, with mind-altering substances, uh, my study of Eastern religions, including Taoism, Hinduism, yoga, uh, Buddhism, uh, my study and practice of uh, shamanism uh, in the South as well as the West, and even some of the ancient forms beat before Buddha. He is a Peruvian, by the way. And yeah. from Peru, by the way. <laughs> All of that which came before the society helped me gain an understanding so that when I came to the society, a lot of this stuff made sense metaphysically. And then it didn't stop there. Reading the Nine Freedoms, studying the Nine Freedoms, the Twelve Blessings, the various transmissions, the various books. And I'll be honest, I mean, even after I became a member, there was still a, a part of me that, you know, Oscar, this really could be a load of crap. You know, it could it could be. I mean, George mm-hmm. King could just be making this whole thing up. You know, and and then I go back. What are the, what's coming out of this? How has my life changed? How have other people's lives changed because of this path? My life has did a one eighty. You can ask my parents and my family. I was in the pits before this. Other people's lives um, have changed in similar ways. Um, it gives them purpose. It, it it gives them a sense of fulfillment and a way to help other people through healing and prayer, which in their eyes, in their opinion was effective. So, you know, all of this, the study, the practice, the, you know, the years of being in there, reflecting on it, thinking about it, you know, I came to the conclusion that, and this is my, my own conclusion that, okay, either A, I would have to believe that George King, you know, I did believe that he, he, he practiced, you know, what he practiced and that he had a, a great ability with his consciousness and just in the way he speaks and the way he writes. He was a very enlightened being in his own right. Now, as far as society and the cosmic masters and all that, A, either he's lying to us completely and is evil or in a sense trying to do us harm by lying to us and leading us astray or it's, or it's correct. And this is in my eyes. I wouldn't say those are the only two possibilities. Well, half correct. Well, he could be well-intentioned and maybe he's hearing things or... He could be well-intentioned. But again, um, I was beyond the just hearing things because to my understanding, yoga is real. Um, There are other spiritual masters that that are saying the same thing that George King is saying and teaching the same thing. George King just expanded on them and just included more of a cosmic aspect. So if I were to say that he was just kind of well-intentioned but kind of off, I would probably have to say that to many other spiritual leaders out there. Well, there are many other spiritual leaders. And there are. And there are. But again, in in my eyes, you know, and and, and from within, I looked at George King and I said, he's more than just well-intentioned. 
because of how I've seen it affect my life, how I've seen it affect other people's lives, what he says, what he's done with his life. You know, take I've took time to study his life, to spend time with the people that have have lived with him. To me, it came down to those two things. I didn't question metaphysics no longer. I didn't question yoga. I didn't question various Eastern traditions and, and shamanism or channeling mediumship. That was nothing. That was something that for me was beyond questioning. I understood, and it was like, okay, now. But what about George King? Yeah, great. I'm glad you've studied his life. So, like, where did he get his degrees? What is this thing? We'll come the... to that. We'll come, okay, we'll good, come to that. One thing that he said is to criticize is easy. Mm-hmm. To investigate is far more difficult, but much more worthwhile. Now, you guys opened your podcast by saying we've spent the past five months, I think, um, doesn't matter, I won't um, nickel and dime you on that one, but investigating the Ethereum Society. Now, Carrie, in your investigation of the Ethereum Society, could you please again explain Operation Sunbeam? I can tell you my understanding of it, but you already told me that it's incorrect, but I can tell you what I think it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, so this is my understanding, is that prayer has energy, and it is an energy that can be harnessed, and that does good for the world. So together, believers or people with good intentions get together, usually do mantras, although not everyone there was doing mantras, and take that energy together and send it into this unit that I I thought was a battery. And then the battery at one point maybe was moved onto mountains, but now stays where it is. And then that energy is released into the earth, especially during times, times of, of great peril. need. Yeah. And that, that improves life on earth and the earth and the galaxy And pre- prevents disastrous consequences. Is that wrong? Right. No, that's – well, that's better than I think you had it before. I said it very quickly the first time I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like you, we take it up the mountain and we shove it into the earth. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a – yeah, the, I mean, Operation Sunbeam is one of the service missions or work that the Ethereum Society uh, has been doing since 1966. And as talking about us uh, having chakras or psychic centers through which energy mm-hmm. flows, we also recognize that the Earth, as a living being, has psychic centers, chakras through which energy flows. And essentially, in our, uh, dare I say, ignorance or failure to understand our dependence on the earth as a living being, and this comes ties into a little bit of sacrifice because that came up in the podcast as well, mm. what sacrifice really is. Our understanding is that the earth as a living being has withheld herself, her evolution. And, and the earth, I mean, you'll know this better than, certainly better than I do as, as scientists, how tiny the earth is how tiny the earth is even in our own solar system how tiny our solar system is even in this vast galaxy we call the milky way and yet this this the milky way is just one of billions of galaxies oh yeah staggering so right absolutely staggering all of which in this sort of spiritual context or understanding which to us makes sense is that it is all nonetheless there is a oneness the absolute or god is what is behind all of this all of this is experiencing itself to have greater and greater more ecstatic experiences of awareness the 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 more we evolve the more we go back to god it just becomes more and more and more phenomenal more incredible as i say more ecstatic 
um, way beyond our. Uh, we, we are so small. I mean, in terms of the size of the Earth, we are we are we are yeah. tiny. So, coming back to operations, I mean, our understanding is that this being, this living being, has with Which is he- the, Earth. the Earth with intelligence. With I mean, I, we can't see one another's soul, one's essence, the spirit within each and every one of us. We're, we're, um, but within the Earth, there is that same being, if you like, that same life force. Um, who has provided all of us with a home, not, uh, again, because the other planets said, hey, you know, um, back off or, or whatever it else. What, I can't remember exactly what you said. Yeah, um, sorry, we can't take you here, guys. No, it wasn't. I mean, the just to kind of hold your thought there, after, and again, this is in our, in our belief and understanding, um, after we destroyed Maldek, all of life and, and experience in the cosmos is to learn and grow and evolve. We needed a place to continue our evolution, to grow and learn. But the vast majority of the planets were too advanced for the stage that we were. It's like a first grader, you know, it's like their classroom gets kicked out to another school. They can't just go into a sixth grade classroom or to high school. They need to okay. go to a level where they can learn those lessons, you know, that's more adapted to them. Do you think that if we went out and examined the rocks of the asteroid belt that we would find traces of a former society? You know, Brian, um, one of the directors of the Ethereum Society, um, who's actually the, uh, our bishop, he, uh, he found an article not too long ago about the scientists making those claims. And if you like, I, I can get the name for you. I'll, I'll just have to ask Brian about it. Making the claims that, or the deductions, that the asteroid belt could very well, ha- it has a high possibility that it was destroyed by something huge, which could have been something nuclear. And this was his scientific findings, that there is a scientific field out there investigating that and coming to similar conclusions. Because that would be external corroboration. Sure, 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 sure. It's going to be more and more of this external cooperation is going to come to light as the years go on. Just like a long time ago, people said that the Earth was round, and later on it was cooperated. People thought that the sun revolved, uh, excuse me, the Earth revolved around the sun. Later on it was cooperated. Certainly many things were shown same, to be false. And I think thing. where we're at sure. now, coming back to this consciousness, is, is that orthodox science will, will say that consciousness isn't in everything, whereas the metaphysician will say, is saying that consciousness is in everything. And I think that could be the next sort of leapfrog. Right. I think we could have a talk about whether brains are the only you know, right. medium of consciousness. Right, right, right. Yeah, and, and, and you're right. You know, things you know, will, may or may not be corroborated and, and validated with regards to the asteroid belt, uh, with regards to life on other planets. At this point in time, there is no empirical evidence. Well, I guess if you ask the yogis, they would say there is. For the orthodox scientist's point of view, there isn't empirical evidence in either way. They can say, as far as we can tell, there's, it doesn't exist. There probably wasn't a nuclear explosion on Maldek, but or on the asteroid belt, but we don't have all the instrumentation that say definitely it, this did not happen. But wait, guys, hold on just a second. I think we need to hear a little bit about some of the other and much better shows on MaximumFun.org. No, oh, they're not much better, but okay. Hi, my name's Dave. And my name's Graham. Now, what do we have to do to put you in a brand new podcast today? Yeah, what, do you want me to drink bleach? I'll do it. Yeah, Dave will drink bleach. If that's what it takes to get you to listen to Stop Podcasting Yourself on MaximumFun.org. Don't make Dave drink bleach. Just listen to the show. He will, but don't make him. Stop podcasting yourself. 
well, this is our fault as much as anyone else's, but we're looping around and around and around, mm-hmm. and I still so, don't know. Well, <laughs> Who is George King? Why do I believe him? Where did we Where evolve? did he get his accolades? And, his and accolades. What, what, what specifically did we get wrong about Operation Sunbeam? Sure. Do we want to sure, get yeah, right? Let's let, 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 well, let's let me finish, finish, let's finish, this, finish this thought. We'll go back to All yours, right. and then we'll go back to George King. Okay. Uh, Maldek, you wanted to clear up Maldek. Earth, because of certain uh, reasons, because of certain positions in, in the solar system, um, had an environment uh, that was more suitable to our level of evolution. Now, and so I, that's that's why she was approached and asked and accepted. Now, our planet shows a history of evolution going back to single cellular life. How does that fit in? Is there a quick way to answer that? No, but that's over billions of years. Yes. That's over billions of years. And our understanding is we've been here for something over 18 million years since Maldek. I did the math. Um, <laughs> if you think of the life of the Earth roughly three and a half billion years old, my understanding. Over four and a half. Four and a half, okay. If you liken that to being a 24-hour day, then the 18 million years that we've been here is like the last seven minutes in that 24-hour day. So really, we haven't been here that long given the life of the Earth. So yes, what you're saying is, is, is right. So we came from Maldek and kind of found a population of simians, apes that were similar to us, but that was coincidence? Well, no, actually, uh, it was quite an evolved race referred to as a damic man quite evolved, who stayed and, and helped and guided. They were living here at the time. So was that Neanderthals? No, no, no. There this, should this be was a, this, this, right. this was, a, this was a, a highly evolved race um, who was here at the time. And this was, like I said, pre, pre-18 million years old. Um, when they were here as an evolved race. They had helped us in our transition into a kind of an exactly the form that we, we arrived in is not so, so clarified but we came in a kind of ape-like kind of you know backward race and slowly with their well, help we actually older than that yeah well, we had yeah, to build yeah. spaceships right to so, leave Maldek quick question no we'll see again that it wasn't it, it wasn't it wasn't us getting boarding a spaceship oh. and then kind of coming in oh I see spiritually we traveled I saw the penny Listen. drop there <laughs> but, but hold on wait I got you though I, I got you what about the nuclear devices to make those you have to be sufficient we were oh, yeah, very yeah, we were involved. Oh, okay. we were involved. Oh, I see. But we, then we died we like, scientifically, like Ross, we scientifically. Ross, I mean, we could have nuclear war on this on this earth this year. I mean, sure. next year, no, no I, and, and yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, it's it's. But you're saying they didn't escape on spacecraft. No, they, no, no. We actually died. Okay, and then we died. The human race died. It. Okay, they, thank they, you. They perished. I, 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 the body died, as we understand yeah. death. Yes. but the soul, the, the 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 mental aspect goes on. So, quick question. Who was George King? Wait, did I thought you want Sunbeam? <laughs> you want Sunbeam first before sure, we go to there? So, su- so our understanding is that this Earth who took us, we've been through Lemuria, we've been through Atlantis. We have essentially, with, with respect to the more indigenous, more referred to as indigenous peoples, taken this Earth completely for granted. Lifeless rock. We want to take something, we take it. Oil, minerals, knocking mountains animals. down, mining animals, the whole bit. Yeah. And in some of this comes out of the sort of judo, Judeo-Christian. Judeo-Christian, you know, philosophy of ha- having dominion over the earth. Mm-hmm. We've totally, in that sense, not had a conscious reverence, and you could even add to that perhaps even a love for the earth as the provider of everything that we need to go through our experience. Operation Sunbeam is a karmic manipulation of giving a very small token of energy on behalf of mankind 
back to the logos of the planet. It's, it's, it's like a little child going to say, here you are, we owe you. Mum. Mum. Mm-hmm. Here's, here's a dollar. Or, or, yeah. yeah, whatever. Exactly. Yeah. I've saved up here in my savings and I want to give it to you. Uh, it's perhaps a very sort of oversimplified way of doing it. But it has its uh, uh, has a big karmic repercussion, the fact that that's being done. And in terms of the energy, yes, we, the, ener- the batteries that we have are primarily filled with finely ground crystal. Ah, okay. Which can hold any vibration. I mean, if I give you quartz? my wedding ring and my watch, yeah. you hold sure. it, and you, you know, this, this is another science of, um, uh, of psychometry. There's a vibration in there. And so we can put vibration, for better or for worse, into crystal, literally into anything, but certainly crystal. And that's what the battery is. It's a, it's a, a way of, of storing energy. In this case, we would call it spiritual energy or prayer energy, but a mm-hmm. vibration. It's holding a vibration. And then we don't take it up the mountain. We used to get the energy from the mountains, which is, you know, uh-huh. but, okay. and then take them out over psychic centers uh, right, of the earth. Mountains? No, no, oh, no. Oh, okay. um, we tend to use ones, in fact, we exclusively use ones over water. We only, oh, knew, we okay. only know of a few. George yeah. can only discover a few. Through which energy is naturally flowing from and to the, uh, the, the, if you like, the logos of earth. So if we take that energy and we release it over one of these receptive centers, centers uh, uh, of, of the planet, then that energy can be taken in mm-hmm. to the body of, of the earth. So it's water and not a mountain. That's correct. Okay. That's correct. That's correct. We, That's we correct. That I wasn't wrong. ramming it. And so it's, <laughs> yes. What it is is, and it's, it's not a, our energy. And it's a karmic manipulation. Mm-hmm. It's what we. It's, it's a, if you can, if you can understand that. Okay. Well, okay. Let's uh, move on to some other topics. So, how about George we're, King? We're going to have to hit in Reader's Digest. Yeah, we are. If I may just throw out. If you are not going to ask who George King is and what exactly, it's about are, George I'm King. Still out of here. <laughs> All right. I'm going to risk it. Even if it's your birthday. All right. So one problem I keep having is that George. George King, he has the command, and within the next week, he's being contacted by this uh, yogi master mm. somewhere else. The name of that yogi master is not revealed. No, it isn't. That would be there a, are some mysteries in life, Ross. That, that, certainly, <laughs> and but that's uh, who he refers to as a theorist, right? Uh, no, no, no Ethereus oh, was uh, who, who he received the command from. Right. But then oh, there's a, a yogi master who's living on the planet Earth at the time cool. who, oh, 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 yes. who comes to him. Good investigation, and, Ross. <laughs> thank Very you. Good. Thank yeah, you. Your, your score is going up a little bit. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> and instructs him. That would have been something that we could have very easily gotten external verification on. We yes. could have learned the you name of the yogi done. and had that yes, yogi say, yes, I fully endorse this man. Well, assuming he's still alive, which he and wanted to. I'm wanted just saying at the time. Yeah, absolutely. Certainly that would have been helpful. Absolutely. And assuming he wanted to review. That. So then you might forgive me for then thinking. Never second guess a yogi, actually. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean. That's what Boo Boo said. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to make yeah, some yeah. yogi bear joke <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah. It sounds a lot like somebody who was saying these things and. Sure. Coming you know, only from him as a okay, source. Okay, okay. I mean, I've been in the Ethereum Society for um, over 25 years. Thank you for not punching why, me, Carrie. Why, why, why am I in the Ethereum Society? I also knew personally George King, took care of him in the latter years of his life. Why am I doing this? And it took me two years. He mentioned a year and a half. For me, two years. From finding out about the Ethereum Society to investigating it, I'd say with a little bit probably more sort of perhaps seriousness than, than you were able to give it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
because I was genuinely looking for answers. I was an Orthodox Christian at the time, but so coming across the 12 blessings given in 1958, the year of my birth, in this very bizarre kind of way, Jesus speaking through this Western man in 1958 on 12 consecutive Sundays, as I listened to those, because this makes up our occult library, I mean, there are 600 of these, this intelligence, the Ethereum Society claims to have been Jesus, I now have no problem believing that. Speaking through Dr. George King, it was what was being said. It was how it was being said. And added to that, and I know, you know, you find when you sort of come across the doing the 12 blessings the first time, it's, it's, it is strange. I wouldn't deny it. But as I practiced those 12 blessings, I felt a level of, of power, if you like, spiritual energy flowing through me that I'd never, ever felt before. So that sort of led me to sort of, okay, let's, let's go to the next step. And the more that I studied and participated in the Ethereum Society and, and its activities and came to know the people who I did find very, very genuine and authentic, uh, and then later hearing transmissions to, uh, that aren't ordinary played to the public. And then much later, meeting George King himself. Later than that, actually becoming, as I mentioned, someone who was one of his personal assistants. 25 years later, 30 years later, I'm in absolutely no doubt whatsoever that this was uh, <laughs> extremely real, extremely important, profoundly beneficial to the, ho to the world as a whole. And it's, ju it's just led me on in my own understanding of what this whole life, what this whole charade is really, truly about. It's, it, 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 obviously, it's mind-opening, but in a very real way, in a very sincere way, in a very, very, very real way that you know is real kind of a way, which brings, as we were talking about right at the beginning, that brings out a greater love, a greater realization, a greater compassion that leads one instinctively, intuitively, naturally to want to, to engage in a life of service. I believe, again, to sort of follow that through in terms of the nine freedoms, to greater enlightenment and beyond. And this is the journey. This is the path. Okay. That's great. I'm sorry. I didn't want yeah. to cut you off. I wanted to give you an opportunity maybe to speak in defense of the services, the jewel, and the rock of attainment. Because I know. Wait, wait. No. No. no? Okay. Hold sorry. on. Who is this person? Why does he call himself a doctor? Is it your, is it your birthday or well, something? He was Ross? Given, <laughs> these were all given. None sure, of these sure. are made up. And he certainly didn't give any of these things to himself. Okay. They were given. Absolutely right. Were they given by Oxford and Cambridge University and the like? No, they weren't. Uh, they, I, I think we've got two things happening here. One where you know, he's got all these titles showing that he's recognized and admired mm -hmm. by so many. Mm -hmm. But then on the other hand, this kind of small group that he starts that feels very isolated and humble in its in its reach. It is small and so it is I, humble. I see those as being kind of at odds. Well, okay, I'm going to give you my take on that. I'm going to give you my, t my understanding of that. And I fully accept this may be difficult for people to understand. Nothing can be done without engaging the law of karma. And knowing what I know about George King and having a better understanding of who he was and how he has helped the whole human race, a little bit similar to, to the analogy of Operation Sunbeam, something by the law of karma, action and reaction are opposite and equal, was owed back, no matter 
how small, no matter how trivial, no matter in a certain way how pathetic, but nonetheless something. And this was offered, and it was important. It was important for the human race to give him, as I say, however feeble and weak and 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 just of so what kind of value. It was something. Does that answer your question, Carrie? Well, yes and no. Uh, yes, it does. But it also reminds me very much, and so did what you said, Oscar. They're both very sincere, and I believe both of you completely. Mm. But they remind me very much of conversations that we had with the Raelians, that we had with the Mormons. Mormons yeah. They just, uh, what I'm hearing from you is my life changed and other people's life changed for the better, and I completely believe you. There's mm. no doubt. But... I can't differentiate from all these different groups started by leaders who made grand claims that seem to be not all there, mm. who have followers whose lives have been changed wonderfully, but all look the same. Yeah, well, Carrie, I would say by their fruits you shall know them. It's, mm. At the end of the day, it's not so much what we believe. It's how we, how we conduct our lives, what we do, how selfless are our lives. Are we about material gain for ourselves and couldn't really give a stuff about what's happening to other people in other parts of the world, or is it something that motivates our lives, drives our lives in ways that we want to help in the best way that we think we can help those situations? I, I want to say in favor of the Ethereum Society, it has a very clean track record. There's no allegations of abuse or, you know, horrific misdeeds or anything like that, which we found in a lot yes, of that's, groups. That mm. Mistreatment of women. Right there. You know, like the Raelians being a very obvious comparison they have all sorts of uh, controversy surrounding them. Nothing like that here. No, no, no. So, yeah, that's not a question at all. There is your, so your investigation is going up you know, each, each time. <laughs> There's so many things. I almost feel like we need to uh, start a uh, Ross and Kerry and two, Paul and Oscar <laughs> Discuss Metaphysics podcast. <laughs> but, oh, no, Ross and Well, Kerry. I just want to make Paul sure there's nothing. There's I, mean, I, know there's some, there yeah, I know there's some important things. I wanted to just talk a little bit about our approach just to kind of – frame the experience of what we were out to achieve and what we do with our show. You know, we can't say that our approach is 100% perfect, so we're open to your input on this, and we're really glad that you're here to talk about your viewpoint. But I just wanted to say that when we're looking at a topic, we want to uh, tell people what it looks like to the uninformed outsider, the experience when they show up, you know, what they hear, what they see. And a lot of external research can often cloud that. We want to kind of come in and, and see the order of operations, if you will, how things are, are given. We do often find humor. It is, as you guys have pointed out, an entertainment show. But we try to make that entertainment about our experiences, funny situations we find ourselves as we find this variety of beliefs and ideas out there, and hopefully not at the expense of any sincere, well-meaning people. Hopefully. That came across. Yeah, it did. And I'd like to think that, um, you know, I think what you say when you, when you start your program is we go there so you don't have to. And I would like, and particularly after having had the opportunity to come back and address some of these issues, we'd be thrilled if, if any of your listeners 
As a result of your investigation of the Ethereum Society, and even more so after this conversation, actually did want to come to the Ethereum Society because you have been there, and now they're curious to come for themselves to find out more. That'd be yeah. great. Yeah. You know, I've, uh, that's a good point, especially mm. because we started the show three years ago, and since then I've sometimes been like, this slogan doesn't fit for this, because the idea was we show up to tell you these things so that you have that firsthand experience, even if you haven't been there, not to say to keep you from going. Y- you don't have to, but you certainly can. Yeah, yeah, and in this case, you should. But please come announce. So, I mean, well, <laughs> well, show them the secret hand signal. Yeah. I'm making the secret hand or signal, and I want all of you to do that. Email addresses because they'll Google you anyway, yeah. you guys. We're not we're not frightening people at all. We're um, we're great people. No. We, we agree. The, the, A ten on the, the great people the, scale. Um, the thing that I got, and I, under, I understand your um, explained approach. Um, with this podcast and you coming to the Theory Society undercover. But the thing that, that kind of took me off guard a bit and kind of struck me off was, you know, I came to the Theory Society because I was sincere, sincerely seeking, you know, I was looking for answers and truth because I wanted to help the world and I was looking for the best way that I could find to help the world. And that's why I'm here and that's why I'm with the Theory Society because I can't, haven't found anything better. It's the thing that explains the most to me. And that enables me to do the most, and that's why that's why I'm here. If I find something better, I'll, I'll let you know. I mean, I'm, I'm more than willing to sign up. People who come to the Theory Society come sincerely searching for something, sometimes suffering because they can't find answers out there. Um, they haven't had healing, or 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 they're, or they're just looking for something that they that Orthodox science, religion, uh, society hasn't given to them. So to have you come and perhaps investigate this curious organization. Great. You know, we've had reporters come and, and you know, from, from news or, or other kind of ju- journalistic media come and try and just check out who are these, who's this group that's been in Hollywood for so long we don't know about them. Okay, great. You know, come check us out, you know, do some reporting, be like, yeah, here's our story. This is our founder. This is what they believe. Okay. But the way it came across, it's, it's as if uh, you were doing a, um, you were testing out a new pair of shoes. Hmm. And um, I, I subscribe to um, Runner's World, so you know I get these <laughs> these shoes reviews all the time. Hmm. And uh, you got and, a and pair of shoes today, didn't you? Yeah, I got a new pair of shoes today. <laughs> all right, fellow and, runner. Yeah. Pot calling the kettle black now. Don't want people yeah. trying on <laughs> shoes while you buy shoes. <laughs> Sorry, I really dropped you in there. <laughs> and uh, and so you know, if somebody's going out, you know, looking for a new pair of shoes, or or you know, looking for for a, a new TV. All right, I would appreciate somebody going out, doing some investigation for me. Let me know what, what this product is like, whether it works, or what's totally whack about it, or what's really cool about it. You know, I'd appreciate that. Um, and if you want to make light and, and and joke at certain things, you know, at the end of the day, it, it's a product. What you you buy it or you don't. You know, it, it um it's a shoe. But this is somebody's spiritual path. You know, this is somebody's connection to, to what they think is God. And it's something that is, it, it strikes deep to their hearts and souls. And it, it's almost a, a, as if, you know, I would go out of my way to talk to your son. I don't mean to use your, you bring your, your family into this, but to talk to somebody. Sure does all the time. To somebody's son about how bad your parenting is mm. or how just ridiculously your parenting is and make jokes at it. And laugh about certain things. It, it's it's that close to to many people, you know. Sure, there are certain people in theory society that are kind of fringe still. They're still kind of investigating, like you, and and probably aren't so in it as a spiritual path. But for a lot of people, it is, you know, just like the Christian religion is, or the Catholic religion, the Buddhists, the Hindu, the Muslims. You know, it, it's their way of making sense of life and connecting to something higher. 
So for you to kind of come in and then go out into the wide public on the internet and and report certain things and, and to kind of joke and and laugh at how we pray, laugh at the the mantras that we, that we use and say, you know, really mock our our founder, um, it 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 was upsetting. You know, it was upsetting because like like I said, this was like um. This is my chosen path. It was like my parents as far as it's what's guiding me towards becoming something higher. And okay, it may not work for you. This may not be the right path for you. Maybe it might be later on. Who knows? But see, people come because they want to do, they, they do something with their lives as far as looking for a way to, to help the world. And maybe it's through prayer and yoga, uh, the 12 blessings, pilgrimages. Uh, and if so... They might want to come and join the Ethereum Society. If they, if they want to cooperate with what they believe to be cosmic masters, they might want to come join the Ethereum Society. If not, they might want to choose another path. They might want to join the Raelians because they like certain things. Sex. They, they may want to join the Mormons because they like other things. Magic. They may want to join the um, Hamas because they like other things. Yes. chips. <laughs> well, now, 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 now this joke. is now, now this is I kind of touched upon this in my email that yeah. you're kind of bordering on a very dangerous line mm. as far as uh, making light of other people's spiritual paths yeah. because you 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 take that to a higher degree and you have things like Hamas like Gaza uh, and and those are just examples that have, that are happening all over the world and has happened throughout history. Well, those are dangerous beliefs. And well, certainly we should be free to critique those. Sure, but even amongst themselves, there are dangerous beliefs in, an, in, an, in the fact that because one person believes that the other person is wrong, they're going to go and kill them or, or stop them and, and to all extent and to, you know, with everything they got. Whereas Gandhi, as, another, as a great example of going up against a resistance, uh, a religion, a society that did not believe what he believed, is nonviolent. He stood his ground. And he's a great sure. example. Well, I, I hope you're not saying we're violent. I'm or, not saying we're violent. No, no, I'm not I, saying that. Well, but, but, but even Gandhi didn't go out of his way to try and ridicule his opposers or his oppressors. Uh, it was just a matter of, of standing his own truth. So y- you, as journalists or scientists, you can stand your truth and your path as scientists and journalists. And that's great. You know, again, we don't, we don't poo-poo science in and of itself. I think science is a spiritual path. I think even atheism is a spiritual path. Give it, give them some time, but you will find your way. And it's just a matter of trying to support you in being better in in whatever way you know how. And likewise, trying to find other people support us in becoming better. And that's how we can grow as a human race by trying to understand our differences. Why is it that the Mormons believe this, and the Christians believe this, and Hindus believe that? Okay, well, let's find a commonality. Um, something we can, you know, link together, whether it's love, service, and and go, okay, perhaps walk separate paths, but we're all trying to be better people and to yeah. support each other through respect, through mm-hmm. cooperation, through compassion, humility, and not having to, you know, just make entertainment in light of the of these kind of things. Are you saying, Oscar, is, is your advice then to Ross and Carrie to make your very, you know, interesting program more enlightening with a a small e than entertaining if that's what you want to go for you know if you're out there to entertain hey that's your chosen path but i would say don't do it at the expense of other people's spiritual path which is not their entertainment that was very well stated and and thank you for saying it 
But if it is, if it is to to enlighten others and and give information, great. You know, keep keep, keep it up. You, you know, do it. But just remember, you know, that it's a much bigger picture here. And you know, you would ask by email. Uh, really good Wait, question. Are you changing the subject? No. Okay. Would we say the same things if you were right next to us? And of course, the answer is no. We would be working on a different level. We'd be, you know, starting from a different vantage point. But I, th- I think with our, our show, as I'd mentioned before, we're kind of looking at the variety of religious experience. And what I would like to separate is uh, the belief from the believer. I-, I think you can respect the believer and question the belief. Mm-hmm. And and I know in our society they often get tied together. And, and I would say it's something of a virtue not to hold any belief so strongly that you can't question it that you can't, you know, have a laugh at yourself. I don't know if that's the right way to say it, but, uh, you know, n- not to take ourselves sure. too seriously. And and it's true, we didn't come in, or at least I, I can speak for myself, I didn't come in truly seeking in that I had kind of a hole in my life or something that's missing. I feel pretty fulfilled in life. So I think we come at it from a perspective where we're interested in what's going on. We want to hear what's uh, being said, but we have certain critical questions that we apply that were not answered to our satisfaction. I think that the Ethereum Society, and I hope I speak for just about any organization, but certainly for the Ethereum Society, we will stand up to anybody's scrutiny, but we question their ridicule. Great. And and if you wanted to have invited us, like after you guys did your five month thing, and say, all right, we want to do a podcast on our experience undercover after five months in the Ethereum Society, and say, can you guys come on and talk with us? We got some questions, and have you know this kind of live interview from the get go. I think that would probably have been a better approach. We could have still been you know joking and laughing, but we would all been here, and would have done it. We would have been done in a respectful, not behind your back kind of way. So hang on, because we were compared to Hamas a second ago. No, 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 no. I didn't compare you to Hamas. I'm saying... No, it, you, it, didn't. It, you didn't. No, I said... It, if, no, it, if, if I, I said but you're bordering on a dangerous line that if you extend that to a much higher degree, right. you have things like, like religious um, intolerance right. happening in, in in Gaza. Right. You know, religious... Is that in, not comparing us to Hamas? That does not you. I'm saying you, you, okay. you extend it, that. I understand. But, okay, wait. In me, other words, if you criticize our religion, you don't know how we're going to re- react. We could be very, very nasty in our reaction. Oh, oh! So oh, you're comparing yourselves, yourselves to Hamas. Hamas? No, we're not. We're saying we're not <laughs> no, like that I'm at all. Okay, well. This this circumstance, well, we th- this circumstance of one group criticizing another group. <laughs> right. This circumstance can be escalated to a much higher, more sensitive okay, so degree. Religion I, like, I understand like the claim. I completely disagree with it, and here's why. I was with you for so long, Oscar, as you were talking, because I have felt very bad about the way. The way you reacted, and when I say that, I don't mean, I'm sorry you felt that way. I mean that I saw truth in what you said, and when you emailed us, I thought, oh, okay, I think we screwed up. And then I went and I listened to the episode, and I said to Ross, I said, I think we screwed up. Um, Because we've done this a number of times, and a lot of groups have said, oh, gosh, you really didn't believe what we believed, but we liked your episode, and they were fine with it. And you guys didn't feel that way. So when I listened, I thought, you know what? They're right. We didn't do as good a job as we usually do of evening out um, what we think are funny, entertaining moments and things we don't agree with, with humanity. And I think we did that better in the second episode, and we didn't do well in the first episode. And I'm sorry about that. I I mean that. Yeah, well, thank Um, you very much. uh, Yeah. 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 Um, uh, But, (laughs) and this is a small but, because that's the more important point, is the one I just made. Um, we like small butts. But the small butt would be... <laughs> I like big ones. I, <laughs> oh, 
I wish we could end the episode there. But anyway. um, Roll the music. The, <laughs> the small but is I do think that when done well, and maybe we didn't do it well, when done well, you can laugh at things yeah, and you can, you can sure. criticize yeah, things you can. and you can – can see, oh gosh, we do something that looks funny to outsiders right. and if, isn't funny to if, Oh I'm not done. Okay. Isn't maybe isn't funny to us, but it's is funny looking, okay. And if we can exist in a place where we can laugh at and with each other, which again, maybe we didn't do well. Mm-hmm. But if we can exist in that place, I think that avoids Oh, uh, could avoid a world in which instead what we do is turn to violence, is turn to hurting each other. Instead, we can look at each other with humanity and mm-hmm. with humor and yeah. understanding. It's a good way to see each other. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Um, and and the thing I was going to but laugh together. Sure. You know, so you know, if you didn't invited us and we, you didn't have the same jokes about the snot, <laughs> e- e- even about the the wacky awards and the doctor this, I'd been fine because we'd have been here to to talk and and laugh together and explain well the other side of it. You know, we can and we can joke together. We're make we're joking now. You know, mm-hmm. we we aren't taking this you know seriously, but it's it, it does strike a deep chord, one spiritual path. But again, there's no ill feeling towards either of you, for me or from Paul. You know, I th- I think you guys are friendly. You were great, sincere, and I had a good time hanging out with you. Um, so there's no ill feelings like that. The way it came across, you know, and I think you're you're seeing it now. It hurt, you know, just to be honest. Well, yeah. I appreciate the honesty. Yeah. Should we just finish? I mean, clarify this service is the jewel in the yeah. room. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's hear it. That's a good way okay, to do it. All right. Well, our understanding is that we are here to advance, to evolve, to become more aware, more enlightened, and running right through the whole gamut. The way to attain greater awareness, greater enlightenment, is through service, is by being of service. What do we mean by service? Service is not for oneself, but for the whole, working for the whole. It comes to realization of connection, to feel that the mother is connected to the child and wants to help the child regardless of any kind of recompensation. Feeling that I'm connected to you and want to help you regardless of whether you help me. Oneness. Oneness. It's all interconnected. It's all conscious. And so service can come in the way of giving you something to eat, giving a poor person a place to, to, to live, to sleep, to bathe. It can come in the form of, of medicine, giving people medication. It can come in the form of counseling. It can come in the form of just being with a person who's going through a tough time, sitting with them. Service can come through having pets and the, the, the companionship that a pet can give to a person. It can come through prayer, through healing. Um, through uh, higher states of consciousness, through higher uh, mental thinking, different different forms of service. Well, all, all that is well and good, but I just don't think that phrase does a, a good job of pithily oh, hold on, hold on, hold stating on. it. Well, you're not done. So that is the jewel. Oh, okay. That service is the jewel. S- service is the jewel. It's a jewel that gives the substance to... Ah, uh, the rock. Well, Thus, it gives a substance to, yeah, the rock, which is attainment, enlightenment. You will not attain. You will not attain without giving service See, in some form. Or another. reverse it, then I'm like, okay, so I got to well, go through the service the, to get to the attainment. The attainment should be the jewel. Because it's a metaphor being made. What's the real world relationship between a jewel and a rock? S- service is what is beautiful. 
because even when you've attained that, and this actually is a great metaphysical law, service. When you've attained attainment, you then surrender and sacrifice that service. In other words, never ends. I don't. You, I don't know if you got this in the twelve blessings. I'd be more than happy to to end on this. But and this twelve blessings brought me into the Ethereum Society more than anything else. This cosmic concept, as given by we believe Jesus on twelve consecutive Sundays in 1958. And when it gets to the 11th blessing, you may even recall, the the 11th blessing is a blessing to the supreme lords of creation. And it says of the supreme, in the text, it says of the supreme lords of creation, these are the gods of the gods. These, in other words, these are the gods of the galaxies. These are the gods of the, of the solar systems. These are the gods of the suns, the gods of the supreme lords of all creation. And yet, when it gets to the twelfth blessing, which is a blessing to the absolute itself, it says, not even the supreme lords of all creation, remember, who are the gods of the gods, can do justice to the picturization of the magnificence of God. It just gets more and more and more phenomenal, more incredible, as we go through this evolutionary experience, back to this unknowable source from which it all came. And the way to keep propelling oneself forward is through, if you like, sacrifice or service. That is what propels evolution forward. It's the jewel. It's the, it's it's the, the that precious, valuable substance which forms around itself attainment or the rock. If rock is the, the metaphor for you know enlightenment or attainment, you know along the spiritual path. What gives substance and value to that is the service. That's right. Oh, is the jewel. So the attainment is forming around the. Like when you, like it's not as important. It will come. The attainment will come through service. Like if you find a crystal or a diamond in nature, it's surrounded by rock. Right. And you got to chip away at it to get to that precious jewel. And usually, the it. idea would be that the rock is of less worth. Not in this metaphor. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, I guess you, we, we can. That could be um, an extended part of this st- study of that model because that is something that we're all still studying, studying that model. And this okay. is just our current understanding of it. That, yeah, the more value to our own personal attainment is, I would say, I believe, is a service that I give. I would rather be giving service than achieving attainment. So for me, the value, the greater value is that which is inside or what gives substance to my attainment. Right. It's my service to the world. It's in the giving, not the receiving? It's in the giving, not the receiving. Okay. Well, rock on, you guys. Sounds good. Speaking of rocks. Yeah. One, uh, one thing I'd like to clarify is you, you referred to the fact that Paul is uh, not a bishop. Uh, maybe you guys can state your positions within the Aetherius Society? Well, I'm a director of the Aetherius Society. Uh, we're both full-time employees. Uh, I am an ordained priest, Okay. Uh, we, we are a church, and we have bishops, and we have priests, and we have ministers, and we have, as in Oscar's case, Oscar is... Minister-elect. Minister, he's a training to become a minister. Yeah. Very fancy. Okay. Yeah. And uh, as Paul said, I'm a full-time employee at the Ethereum Society. Um, I'm also part of the what's called the staff team, which is a group of volunteers that come in every weeknight and, and, and the weekend. Um, I'm also a resident at the Ethereum Society. Well, we want to deeply, deeply thank you guys for coming on the show. 
it showed a lot of fortitude and grace for you guys to come here and explain your side of things. I wish we could talk for hours more. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, I know. If I'm stuck for I'm more a- material for a show, we'll come back. <laughs> awesome. That's almost it for our show. Our producer is Ian Kramer. And our theme music is written by Brian Keith Dalton. You can see pictures, although not from this, at our Facebook by going to facebook.com forward slash on rack. You can also uh, find us on iTunes and write a review for us there. Or go to MaximumFun.org for more episodes or to donate at MaximumFun.org forward slash donate. We are recording here at the Center for Inquiry, Los Angeles. Huge thanks to Alice Pine and Bob Ladendorf for making that possible. But before we go, Ross, maybe we can hear the very last word from our friends, Oscar and or Paul. Happy Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. (laughs) Oh, man. Happy birthday, dear Ross. Happy birthday to you. Now, I see you've got a sign up there which says Secular Organizations for Sobriety. So I don't know if that applies to you. (laughs) If it does, you'll have to give it to Carrie. This is completely unsober. (laughs) Nothing very special, but it was a last minute spontaneous thing. Hey, guys, thank you so much. That's really sweet. And that's our last words. Biz. And I'm Teresa. And we host a comedy podcast about parenting where we remind you that despite what the internet says, no one really cares what kind of parent you are. One bad mother. We're the friends with kids you want to hang out with. Check us out on iTunes and MaximumFun.org. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.